Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with lead sports scientist from the Canadian Women's Sevens, Tyler Goodale. This episode of the Pacing Performance Podcast is sponsored by simplyfaster.com and that's spelled S-I-M-P-L-I faster.com. So alongside the free lap timing systems, simplyfaster.com currently holds the eccentric K-Box. So if you haven't heard of the K-Box, it's a new product that uses flywheel technology to allow higher velocity eccentric overload. So I saw the K-Box for the first time when Mike Young from the US brought a couple over for one of his workshops in Gloucester. So off the back of that, I was really keen to use one and I actually got my hands on one and was able to spend a couple of hours playing around with lots of different exercises and getting used to the K-Box. So from personal experience, getting out of the bottom of the squat, powering up and having the K-Box pull you through the floor on the way down is absolutely incredible. So basically, the harder you go on the concentric portion of the lift, the more it's going to give you on the eccentric. So if you're going to go for it, you're going to get pulled through the floor. At simplyfaster.com, there's also a great blog from Frederick, who is one of the co-owners of Eccentric, so you can learn more about the K-Box there. So if you are interested in getting a K-Box, get to simplyfaster.com, so that's S-I-M-P-L-I, faster.com, and get a K-Box for yourself. So this episode of the Pasty Performance Podcast is also sponsored by Vald Performance, creators of the Nordboard. So if you haven't heard of the Nordboard already, don't worry, I'll explain, it's really, really simple. The Nordboard is a really fast and accurate system for monitoring hamstring strength. So as practitioners, we can do very little about athlete age and previous hamstring injury, but what we can do something about is our athlete's eccentric strength, and that's where the Nordboard fits in really nicely. It isn't going to get your athlete's hamstrings bulletproof, but what it is going to do is give you the right information so you can make the right decisions at the right time. If you do want any more information, you can go over to Vald Performance, that's V-A-L-D performance.com, or email info at valdperformance.com. So today we've got Tyler Goodale coming from Canada, uh, who is the lead sports scientist for the Canadian Women's Sevens team. So really great chat with Tyler such a good guy someone who I'm sure I'll keep in contact with um, in the future so just before we get going just massive thanks to Tyler for giving up his time so we discuss uh, holistic athlete development um, and the integration of multiple training streams especially for for team sports and in particular uh, sevens that, that Tyler currently works with we discuss athlete monitoring and the integration of sports technology, whether that be in the, in the gym or, or on the field. And we also touch on at the end uh, leadership and management, which is a big part of uh, Tyler's role. So it's a really, really good episode with Tyler. Um, I know you won't be disappointed and I won't uh, babble on too long before we get into the, into the chat. So just before we do get into the chat with Tyler, I just want to give a massive thanks to Train With Push for sponsoring this episode once again. So a couple of people have been in touch with me over the last couple of weeks with regards to Christmas coming up and basically Christmas presents for themselves. And I've kind of echoed the um, the sentiment that I've that I've uh, shared with you guys over the last couple of months that Train With Push and the Push Band is a great product. Uh, it's got great people behind the scenes who are looking to push on uh, and make the most of this technology, something that's not gonna stand still and it's, it's certainly not something that's gonna disappear. Um, like, like some products may kind of come and go. The push band is definitely here to stay um, and is, is one that's going to be developed as time goes on. So I'd encourage you to get over to trainwithpush.com and they've also started a podcast which I believe Matt Cusdub is um, who the sports scientist at Push is hosting. So episode one's just come out. Uh, I had a little listen, it's really good. So I'd encourage you to check that out uh, as well. Before I babble on anymore, like I said, I wouldn't. Here is the episode with Tyler Goodale. Hi, 
Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to the Patient Performance Podcast. So today I've got uh, Tyler Goodale, who is the lead sports scientist for Canadian Women's Sevens. So just want to firstly revert back and thank Ian McKeough for putting me in touch with Tyler. Um, followed him on Twitter, so it's great to make that connection um, via Maccas. So thank you very much for that. So just want to um, firstly thank Tyler for his time, for um, giving up an hour of his time on a, on a Friday afternoon or Friday night for me. Um, so just thank him for coming, his time to come on the podcast uh, and ask him to give us a little bit of introduction on himself, um, his background, his education, and what he's currently doing. So welcome to the podcast, Tyler. Thanks, Rob. It's uh, it's an honor to to be invited to to speak on the podcast, and uh, I'll definitely do my best to uh, uphold the level of uh, of um, uh, people that you typically have on this podcast. So I, I definitely feel uh, elevated to to be held in in somewhat of that regard. No problem, mate. Uh, no so yeah, my background. Um, I uh, I'm I'm based in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. I work for uh, the Canadian Sport Institute Pacific. And uh, through the Canadian Sport Institute Pacific, I I, uh, I work with Rugby Canada and specifically uh, the Women's Sevens program, uh, which is based here uh, year round as as the National Training Centre. And in that role, um, you know, I, I look lead over uh, the, both the sports science and the sports medicine program, but uh, specifically as a practitioner, uh, do the sports science and and an S and C perspective for for the team. Um, you know, leading into into this role, um, a little bit more background, maybe from an education perspective. I kind of grew up in the middle of Canada, uh, and uh, and I did my undergraduate degree out there, and and did a basic uh, bachelor science degree, uh, kind of not knowing where I wanted to to go with things. And um, I was actually lucky enough to have a uh, an advisor in the later part of that undergraduate degree that uh, suggested I pursue. You know, exercise sciences, exercise uh, physiology, and that actually brought me out to the west coast uh, of Canada to do a master's degree. And it was while doing that master's degree that uh, I got involved with some of the national teams training out here on the west, and and got to meet some of the more senior uh, sports scientists working with the programs, um, you know, here in Victoria. And then kind of one thing led to another, and and that got me uh, starting my role. Uh, at the Sport Institute, almost uh, almost a decade a decade ago, uh, and you know, working through through the Sport Institute in in a multi sport environment has just been great. Uh, you know, not only getting to work with with rugby programs, but uh, having been able to work with you know such a diverse group of sports and athletes. You know, from diving, rowing, um, triathlon, athletics, even a little bit of a stint with uh, some winter sports. Uh, here and there through that time, so pretty, uh, pretty diverse, diverse background and and uh, lots of different experiences on the way uh, into these last four years, where just been focused primarily on on sevens rugby. Cool. So you mentioned beforehand that you uh, had some pretty big shoes to fill in you when you first came into your current role. I did, I did. Uh, so uh, really lucky. Uh, you know, uh, to meet Jeremy Shepard at, at, uh, at early on in my own development at, as a coach. Uh, I met Jeremy early 2000s when I moved out here and, you know, was able to, uh, to mentor under him uh, initially before he went out to Australia. Um, and then, you know, when Jeremy was in Australia, we still stayed in touch, still did some work together. And then when Jeremy came out here, he actually laid the groundwork for the position that I'm, I'm currently in uh, with the Sport Institute. Uh, before he was, you know, got on again with uh, the AIS down in in Canberra, but uh, you know, Jeremy definitely laid the laid the groundwork for the for my position. And then, um, you know, when he left for for Oz uh, for a second go round, uh, I was able to 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 get in there and and uh, try to continue on the great work that that he had started. So um, yeah, that you know, Jeremy's been a, a mentor of mine and and a, a great resource throughout my throughout my whole career and you know even um you know you'd say with with Mackers providing the introduction for the two of us Jeremy was was the same uh you know if it wasn't for Jeremy I would never have met Mackers and um yeah so really 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 lucky a lot of uh a lot of my career I gotta say like any per- people I think will say in this profession it's 
um, a lot of times it's being in the right place at the right time and, and being lucky enough to know the right people who will uh, give you a hand and then, and then vouch for you, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned obviously um, having a mentor how, how, you've, and you've, you've touched on it a little bit there. How important is it to have that mentor? And it's kind of a, it's one of them things like how does, it, how does a mentor become a mentor? Is it like a handshake? Can you be my mentor? Yes. Okay, let's go. You know, how, how does that, how did that come about? And how, how would you kind of recommend someone to, to find that, that person? Well, I think, you know, mentors are huge, especially in, in this, this career field. Uh, you know, if we want to say this broad career that is, is sports science. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very important for, for all of our developments, not only when we're starting, but as, as, you know, as we continue down the path, uh, I think, you know, going back, um, you know, when I was just getting started out, you know, finding a mentor, I, I, I believe it starts with, with, you know, reading, uh, reading what's out there, starting to, to formulate some ideas on your own and then finding out who around you is, is doing some good work and, and who would you, you know, kind of be able to, to start to observe and, and learn. And, and I think the biggest thing when you're starting out is, is a mentor or sorry, searching for a mentor, uh, um, is is that you really have to um you have to work hard right you have to really put the time in on for yourself uh to develop yourself so that you're you're going to come along and you're going to be seen as an asset to that to that mentor right you don't you don't want to come along and you know try to find a mentor and they're going to go out of their way. They're going to give you a lot of their time, share with you, and really invest in you. And you're not turning that favor, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, um, it's one thing in this career field uh, to have the educational background. Uh, it's one thing in this field to even have, the, I think, experience, personal experience as an athlete um, to, help, to help develop you as a, a very well-rounded, robust uh, practitioner, but you know, to me, the one thing that really brings it all together is is starting to get out there, uh, learning who who who's good, who's doing good work, um, and and what can what can you take from them, not only in where they are at right now, but but how they've developed. And you know, with our own interns here at the Sport Institute, we often say to them, you know, like in in a lot of respects you can get to where we are in such a shorter amount of time because we can kind of help funnel all that information to you right like we've kind of made the mistakes uh we we've kind of followed certain paths and realized that it might not have been been worth most of our time uh and and now i think we can really help concentrate um you know these kids' efforts on on where to go who to read uh, who to take time to, to, um, um, you know, work with and, and, and watch and, and, and develop under. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was great stuff. So I just want to uh, move on a little bit and just discuss, uh, more your kind of day job. So with, with rugby sevens having kind of a, such a, a diverse, um, set of physical qualities needed to excel at that. Do you just want to talk to us about kind of pulling all them physical qualities together into into one program? Yeah, it's definitely it's it's what I love about this. It's, it's so it's so diverse. You know the the, the attributes uh, that uh, that elite sevens players needs uh, in a lot of respects are, are, uh, you know, counterintuitive to one another from a physiological development perspective. You know, they have to be extremely explosive. Uh, they have to have, uh, high speed running and, uh, capabilities, but then they also have to be extremely fit, uh, extremely aerobically fit, um, you know, to, to deal not only with the demands, uh, within the game, uh, but, uh, within the tournament itself between tournament days, tournaments, back to back and then just to handle the whole, the whole training volume as well throw on top of that the technical tactical requirements uh needed you know because in, in sevens rugby unlike 15s rugby i don't believe you can really have a hole in your game because there's really nowhere to hide right there's only seven people on that field per side uh versus 15s so if you have any holes in your games and in, in 15s you know definitely uh team tactics can can be used to kind of ne- negate that uh, negative effect you might have on on the the performance outcomes but in sevens that's not the case if if you've got 
technical uh, and or tactical deficiencies on your program uh, or in your athletes, you're going to get found out. Um, and then, you know, finally, with with respect to all that, then you've got, you know, the athletes, you know, um, you know, mental mental abilities, and then just I would say their you know their lifestyle choices that that are, that are going to contribute as well. So when 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 I'm working with the sevens program, and especially in my role. I really see that it's up to me to kind of be, um, you know, the the main uh, person involved across all aspects of of that program. And I, I often talk about there's the five pillars to performance with respect to sevens rugby. You, know, you have a physical pillar, a tactical pillar, a technical pillar, a mental pillar, and then a lifestyle pillar. And I, and I really see it's my job to make sure that those that that those pillars are being addressed uh, for the athlete, and that everyone within those pillars. Uh, is is communicating with one another to produce uh, the you know the best athlete possible, such that the coach can can simply just coach the game and and implement uh, you know implement implement that that he wants on on game day. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's, there's so many things that I can uh, I can touch on there, but the first thing was the 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 mental abilities or the mental pillar as you as you called it. What kind of yeah. um, what how are you kind of assessing where each athlete fits on the i suppose a, a so-called spectrum um with with regards to mental ability and then how are you gauging your sessions and your kind of program to fit to try your best to fit each individual each individual girl so we definitely are, are, are a lot more quantitative in, in our assessments of, of uh, mental skill sets. You know, we, we've looked at uh, some quantitative measures, but, uh, you know, the, the mental performance experts that I work with, we have some great debates back and forward uh, about, you know, are there quantitative measures that, that can actually uh, classify these mental skills we're looking to train? Uh, and, you know, they just don't feel feel 100% confident in, in, uh, in, in doing uh pure quantitative measures. So, you know, when we're looking at uh, assessing these athletes from from that mental pillar, uh, it is very, very, very qualitative in nature. It's it's basically, um, you know, the the coach and uh, the coach's observations combined with our our mental performance expert and and some of our other staff's observations and in, in in where we think. Uh, the athletes uh, can further develop, and and to be honest with you, it's relatively broad across the team to to begin with. It's it's like any type of uh, education process. I I think with with athletes, um, and 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 our girls uh, are, are are just like any any elite elite sport where they they've often get to this level, um, and and haven't necessarily had a ton of support al- along the way so when they get up to a training center there, there tends to be a, a lot of wins you can have uh in the short term simply by doing a relatively broad education uh, on the on the topic helping them understand understand basic skills uh that can be developed in in this area and then going forward from there and then once those those athletes are kind of practicing those mental skills um then you can begin to target more specifically um to the individual athlete because that athlete now themselves is aware of maybe areas that they could improve upon uh, more, but also the athletes built a relationship with the, with the performance consultants uh, and coach. So they're, they're able to have a lot more open conversations around areas that they really think uh, they, they can further advance in. But, you know, Rob, to be, to be honest with you, you know, um, you know, what, what we look to do with, with these, um, you know, with, with, our, with our girls is, is just really help build, uh, you know, you know, resiliency, uh, and, and coping skills to, to, to help them understand, um, and help them, uh, deal better with not only the challenges that they'll face, uh, on the field of play, but the challenges that they'll face in the daily training environment. And then, and then just life in general, you know, we, you know, not to steal, uh, the, the all blacks, uh, you know, the all blacks saying where, you know, uh, better people make better all blacks. But, you know, I, I think that that's a, a, a great, um, a, a great um, goal for any program is that, you know, the, the better you can equip your athletes just to deal with uh, not only the stress of sport, but the stress of life, the better off they're going to be in the sport. But just the, 
you know, to me, making them better in the sport is just one, one, one aspect of what we're looking to do. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm going to look at, you know, we're succeeding or, or, or not with the program, medals and, and victories is one. But I would hope that any athlete that comes out of our program is just better equipped to be a better person uh, for themselves in, in the long run. Absolutely. I like that. Um, yeah. So based on these, on this kind of these um, qualitative measures that you, that you talk about, yeah. are, you, are you using them to, so you can, you can deal with each girl differently within the program as in kind of individualizing Program yeah, once 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 you, you once yeah. you get rolling for sure. Yeah, I think I think once you know once once we feel they have certain broad um, uh, skill set along along this area, then we'll, we'll begin to begin to individualize, and that might be something say uh, as simple as as uh, the practices that they incorporate into to warm ups and cool downs, or even while while they're training, say skills like breathing exercises, visualization. Um, you know, positive self-talk, goal setting, uh, to where it might be bigger pictures. So it might be an athlete, say, ch- being being challenged with uh, external uh, influences coming from, you know, uh, say a, a loved one having health issues. So you know, yeah, we we try to look at each a- athlete individually. Uh, once once we've kind of worked with them for a certain period of time and 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 see where we can really support them the best to to try to to try to set them up that you know that they from a from an individual perspective are 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 as, as stable they kind of have a stable foundation uh, upon which they can really look to to try to do some pretty amazing things right because um, you know we're out there to to try to develop a successful Olympic program and and uh, there's only so many of those in the world right it, it's it's not easy to do that uh, so just like um, you know uh, training itself is a stress all these other life stresses can come along and and really put uh, put a lot of pressure on these athletes mm, absolutely so what does on the flip side you've always discussed the the kind of mental side of things. What does yeah. the what does the assessment um, for the more physical side of things look like from more your remit? Yeah, so uh, from a physical perspective, uh, you know, we look at uh, assessing across uh, you know across all aspects of, of the sevens performance. So we're looking at uh, you know running speeds. When we take a you know we, we test them on the forty, uh, we're looking at uh, their zero to ten velocity and, and then their thirty to forty velocity, uh, and uh, and getting an, an average velocity across those. Uh, those uh, distances, uh, we then use that um, you know that average velocity across either the acceleration phase or the top speed phase uh, to calculate calculate momentum for each athlete. Right, so momentum is just that average velocity uh, multiplied by body uh, body mass in, in kilograms. Uh, we look at uh, assessing uh, their aerobic. Uh, um, sorry, their aerobic capacity. Sorry, aerobic fitness. Uh, through uh, a 1600 meter time trial, uh, we like that because you know it's uh, it's a it's a good it's practical field test for us, which we can then use if if so needed to individualize some of their uh, some of their uh, uh, non-specific running running based conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then uh, do some 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 jump testing uh, where we're looking at uh, different horizontal jumps, such as standing broad jump, uh, standing triple broad. Uh, looking at uh, then um, some drop jump indexes as well as then getting into the weight room where we're doing some 1RM testing with lower body strength, um, with the front squat, uh, you know, power cleans and uh, upper body strength with uh, the bench press and the pull up. So that's kind of our general um, uh, testing protocol that we kind of use across the board and then depending on each athlete individually and the questions that we're looking to answer with those athletes we might do some specialized testing uh, either on the force plates uh, with the mid-thigh poles uh, and, and the like but we kind of save those special tests to profile uh, say athletes who might be have certain injury histories or coming off of injuries or might be in the latter parts of their career where we're not necessarily as concerned with driving say uh, strength in the weight room if that makes sense mm-hmm. absolutely so you mentioned um, a couple of horizontal jumps 
Yeah, and then obviously the job jump. Why why would you go um, have an emphasis on the on the horizontal jumps over the over the vertical the vertical jump, jumps? Yeah. So we had just seen in some of our own uh, in some of our own uh, data over time was that the horizontal jumps were better for us uh, in predicting uh, potential for running as opposed to the vertical jumps. And where that worked for us, Rob, well, was that when we started doing. Uh, uh, you know, we use the word talent identification. So for uh, athletes outside of our training center, uh, they were easy jumps to implement uh, around the country when we were traveling, doing testing. Um, and you didn't have to bring really any specialized uh, equipment with us beyond a, uh, beyond a meter tape, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for us, we feel that, you know, there's a good relationship with, with the horizontal jumping and, and running potential um, and, and it works well for us. So basically we can generate this data with, with our top group of athletes and then we're able to track kind of the next generations coming in and, and, and seeing that, you know, we feel that it'll give us a good, a good picture idea of, of, um, of, of their ability, uh, their physical potential uh, for rugby seven. So we've kind of gone away from uh, a colleague of mine uh, I'm really lucky to work with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, Dana Agar Newman, and he's actually written a paper on on the relationships in in our girls with with the jumps and and the sprints. Uh, you know, he started using the term now that that you know we're adopting is that we're not necessarily looking for uh, talent in these athletes. Talent obviously is is rugby seven specific, and it's very difficult to uh, to assess that talent at young ages. But we're looking for physical giftedness. Right, so and that that so using those horizontal jumps at our at our top level, combined with our sprint metrics, and looking at those relationships, we feel then as we go around the country uh, to to identify that that you know giftedness, uh, the potential for giftedness in the sport, uh, there it, it aligns nicely for us. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you mentioned the um, the mid thigh pull, which was one of your kind of um, more individual based um based tests at what point yeah. would you at what point or what would present itself for you to think that, that was um that was appropriate in that girl so we, we've used it to, to date with certain athletes that might have low back injuries or any type of uh, lower body injury where we're, we're not necessarily wanting to push them on the squat to a maximal level or even pushing them on on the clean um so that's where, where we've been using it uh, to date. Uh, also, though, if we want to start, say, uh, you know, we might see what we, on the field of play, what we might feel is, um, you know, uh, uh, an inability or, or the athlete might be challenged to, to produce force uh, in certain key sporting movements, say, like defending a rock or, or attacking a rock. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll use it there to maybe... maybe um, uh, kind of fine tune the microscope. So we might start looking at like a dynamic strength index to seeing, well, is this, is this a force producing issue or is this uh, you know, is this a velocity, uh, velocity, uh, you know, a power output type issue? Um, you know, I think uh, eventually Rob, you know, I'd, I'd like it that we could look to, uh, to profile the girls, uh, all of them in the program kind of using, uh, using those tools. But, you know what one thing we try to have in our program is um, we try not to to change too many things too often so what we try to do is we try to have some consistency in the program uh, and and a big uh, uh, you know a motto of ours is is first of all is that you know we we, we, you know, we, we build that consistency over over you know to a two to three year window kind of making notes through our debrief process and our self-assessment process on where things could improve and then make decisions on okay is is this improvement needed at this time uh is it going to inform our decision making uh any differently um and it, and if not if, it, if we don't see it as being a major change at this standpoint we'll, we'll kind of hold off on 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 implementing it across the board in the team because we, we we really look to keep things initially as 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 simple as we can, uh, but in that simplicity, we, we want to have we want to have significance, right? We want to uh, be able to use simple methods to 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 collect data upon which you know we're comfortable uh, in our understanding of it, and then from that understanding of our data, uh, make changes that are are going to significantly impact uh, performance. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. So you've, you've come onto it there a little bit, which was my um, which was the next point. We've mentioned um, technology um, quite a, quite a bit, and I just yeah. wanted to get your your kind of taken from your experience in working with the girls over there. Um, the, the, how you integrate that that new technology? As, like you, you've worked with the worked over there for quite a few years now. How has how has that integration has that integration been easy um, over the years? And and what kind of tech are you using over there to to kind of monitor your athletes. Yeah, technology. Hey, it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely they're they're great tools. Um, that's uh, has it been easy? That's a great question. I got to think on that. Uh, <laughs> so, some has for sure, uh, some less so. Um, but yeah, you know, we we try to look at technology as as it's simply they're they're extra tools to add to the toolkit, and and we try to think about our tech. Uh, the same we think about anything else in our program. So maybe I'll give you like a quick rundown of, of the tech we are using. You know, we we are um, we are users of GPS, um, um, you know, and uh, and and then online monitoring tools. Uh, we're you know we're using sleep monitoring devices. Uh, I think everyone, um, mostly everyone's using from Fatigue Science right now. So are we uh, a group actually just across across the water from us in in Vancouver. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, using our, our jump profiling, um, uh, system and, and then, um, and then, um, outside of that, you know, just our, our small little pieces of, of, of tech here and there, you know, uh, to monitor either hydration status and, uh, and, and the like with the athletes. But I would say, you know, the, the big pieces of, of, of our, uh, of our tech would be, uh, definitely the, you know the, the GPS system. You know our, our wellness monitoring, uh, and and then our our, our sleep monitoring system. Um, you know implementing it. Uh, you know it's it's definitely uh, there's definitely hiccups that comes with uh, the implementing any new uh, you know any any new tech device in, in a big group. You know we have, we have a group of over 20 athletes here. Um, but uh, what we've tried to do when, when implementing anything new is kind of similar to what we were kind of talking about earlier here with, with any of our tests is, you know, we look to implement it first by just collecting data. We, we try to not make any, um, any changes right off the bat. We just actually collect data and more um, formalize our, our data collection process and use it more internally um, uh, to guide us in in how we could actually uh, do that process better, if that makes sense. And then once we kind of feel that we're uh, we're confident in the way we're we're collecting the data, and, and that we've we, we you know we're 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 doing that from a you know reliable you know we're making that data as reliable as possible, we're we're, we're confident in, in its validity, uh, then we'll start uh, generating a, a database. And, you know, we, we kind of use a rule of thumb that, you know, we try not to actually implement any changes off of tech, uh, you know, in the first three to six months until we've collected a decent amount of database. We can take some time, analyze that data, uh, see what it's kind of kind of maybe giving us some, uh, some insights on and then go about uh, um, moving forward from there. So we're, we're really big on, on taking um, multiple steps. Um, you know, when, when we do add anything in new and really not not rush into anything, um, to me, I, I look at tech is just uh, you know, it, it's it's part of your program. It's not it's not your program. I think a little bit too much that I, I feel like I've been seeing lately is you know, there's this this tech craze in sport. It seems like we feel like we can almost measure anything now, uh, but I still think we have to kind of pause and really think about okay. Well, first of all, do we need to measure that? Uh, and then, if we we feel that we do need to measure it, well, then is is the what what are these measurement devices telling us from a data standpoint, and, and how um, how confident can we be in in the data that's giving us giving us you know, and and that to me comes down to reliability and validity of that data because I get a little bit concerned um, when I see some of these programs just blanket implementing technology and 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 I think making pretty major decisions. Uh, based on what the data is uh, punching out, and not fully comprehending or, or having full confidence in uh, in 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 those numbers. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, um, a, a jump profiling system. 
Is that yeah. is that your own system? You know, an internal system, or is that something that you've you've brought in? So, so we just use uh, we use a very similar setup to to Matt Jordan, who uh, okay. you, you had on a couple of uh, uh, you know a couple of uh, podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Matt's doing great work, and uh, and what we're trying to do is. Um, between the sport institutes in Canada, uh, align ourselves as much as possible uh, you know, with systems uh, that, that the different institutes are using, especially if they're they're systems that are are well thought out and and uh, and are are giving you information that you can actually uh, base your decisions off of. So yeah, we we run a very similar session sorry system to to what Matt does, and then we just uh, complement that uh, with a little bit of. Uh, uh, jumping with even still using jump mats and using our drop jump index, uh, so using kind of a combination of, of of those data streams to 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 help help uh, help us understand a little bit better what might be going on with the athletes, either from a fatigue perspective uh, or or say uh, just an imbalance issue. Mm-hmm. Cool. So just yeah. last little thing on um, on tech. Any any gym based technology that you're using. Yeah, you know, uh, we still use, believe it or not, uh, we still use the Tendos. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I still, I still like the Tendos for velocity monitoring. I know there's some great, uh, you know, I know Push is doing great stuff. I know, uh, I know Gymware has done some great stuff. Uh, I'll be honest, the reason we love the Tendos so much is they're just simple. Uh, you know, when when you've got a big a big group of athletes. Um, you know, we'll be giving, you know, we'll, we'll velocity monitor with, with our athletes, uh, sometimes, uh, depending on, um, if we're looking to prescribe either, um, loading protocols based off of velocity, or if we're looking to train certain properties like strength, speed, speed, strength, or say even ballistic strength, uh, you know, using a, a velocity prescription as opposed to a load prescription. So from that perspective, um, you know, we're just, uh, we like them. It's it's easy for the athletes to set them up themselves, uh, and then us just to, to float float around it and, and monitor. Um, you know, we we've kind of taken some time to to look at. Uh, we're pretty confident in knowing uh, the reliability and the relationship between, say, our ballistic measurement system uh, with FitTech, our Gemware system, and our Tendo. So knowing that if we're testing the athletes, say using a linear precision transducer off of the FitTech system we're pretty confident that we can convert it then uh to the, the to the tendos as well so uh outside of that um you know we we're also you know i, I consider this technology we, we we definitely like using video uh and video replay uh with the athletes um either self-directed uh so that they can be watching themselves uh or you know or, or us just with our with our phones and uh and or ipads um helping the athletes just break down their technique and, and see if, if, uh, any type of cueing that we're, we're, we're giving the athletes are, are making the changes that we're, we're looking to see. Mm-hmm. So is there, is there any specific apps that you use for that kind of thing or systems? There is. And you know what, as you're saying it to me, I'm absolutely <laughs> mind blanking on the name <laughs> of the app that I look at every single day. I knew you were going to ask that as you were asking it. So now I'm actually going to open up my, uh, my phone as we're speaking and, and tell you what I'm using. How bad is that? No, sorry, uh, mate. No worries. Sorry about that. Uh, Coach Design is what I like okay. to use. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I'm still running an a, a iPhone 5S, but uh, I know a couple of colleagues that are using some of the newer iPhones are just liking the slow-mo uh, video app in in the iPhone itself, but I like Coach's Eye. Um, uh, to me, I it's just it's uh, I like the 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 touchscreen controls and the ability to go frame by frame and and back and forth. Especially for me um, on the field uh, when we're when we're coaching speed with the athletes, it's 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 a really good tool uh, tool for me. I know, uh, like I say, though, a couple of my colleagues are are really big on the on the iPhone's uh, slow mo just itself. Cool. So I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but I just want to touch on um, your kind of style and your ability to manage um, manage a number of staff. So manage your, your kind of performance staff. Just want to talk to us how you how you go about that. Yeah, you know it's it's um, you know we've got a, a decent sized staff. You know for for the number of, of athletes that we have. So um, the size of the staff, and then actually you know 
here in Canada, Rob, it's 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 not necessarily like a pro team structure where, you know, all of us are full time in the environment. You know, some of our medical staff um, still have to have uh, you know other day jobs. Uh, you know, we only get them say a certain percentage of their time simply. Um, you know, because, you know, the Canadian system is still kind of developing in that perspective about being able to, to employ a, you know, very, uh, a, a large number, I should say. You know, we have, we're, we're lucky we have some high-level medical people, but we just can't get a, a big number of them yet just based off of funding. Um, so, you know, there, there's definitely some challenges in, in, in managing a, a team like that. But to me, um, you know, from an overall leadership style that that I look is is one is I, I really believe that you you know you, you have to empower the individuals you're working with. Uh, to me, um, the people that are are on the ground floor, the people that are that have the hands on with the athletes on a day to day basis, uh, are the ones that have the information needed to 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 make the to to implement the changes that are are, are required to help. Uh, you know, to help progress uh, the athlete and or the program, right? So you, you have to empower them uh, to make that decision-making process. But then it, it's one thing to empower people, but it's another thing to make sure that people are making the correct decisions um, and, that, and that the decisions are in line with the program as a whole. So the second part of that to me is really uh, sharing information and making, making that information readily available across uh, all aspects of the, the program and, and actually you know we, when I talk about those pillars Rob it's like making it making that information uh, available um, you know so that the, the nutritionist say knows that uh, you know the the strength and conditioning staff is say working on this aspect uh, whereas the monitoring program is is showing you know is showing uh, something else uh, going on, and, and and by by knowing all those factors involved, uh, all all parties can kind of help make the best decisions to, to to move that athlete forward. Now, all that has to happen with a shared purpose, right? So, to me, the biggest thing that I can do uh, as a leader is is help us to find that purpose, right? So, you know, what what's our what's our what's our goal um, as a staff? What, what do we want to, what do we want to, how, how are we going to help this team move forward? Uh, and then how are we going to go about that? Right. But what's, what's going to define success uh, at the end of the day, as far as that purpose goes, what are the behaviors that are going to, that are going to allow us to define that success? Uh, and, and then, and, and then, you know, um, how do we do this on a, on a day-to-day basis? And, and, and to me, it's, it's it, it, leadership always comes down to, uh, it, it comes out of the people that you're working with and, and trusting the people that you work with. And I, I, I use the term, like, I just actually really see my role as facilitating the environment for them, right? It, it's, it's, I, I need to create an environment, uh, for the staff, just like the athletes so that, uh, success is, is simply a byproduct of what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a, um, I had a little point down there about, how you align your, your kind of thoughts and philosophies, but you absolutely nailed that. So I'll, uh, I won't bother asking that because you've, you've done it already. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm just conscious of, of time a little bit, but in a couple of emails that we had back and forth, you, um, you mentioned that you, you, you're going away, you're going to Dubai. Is that, is that with the, uh, with the girls? Yeah, it is with the girls. So, um, so the, the girls this year, uh, both men and the women compete on, on the, um, the HSBC, uh, world series of sevens. Um, and the men have 10 tournaments. The, the girls, uh, this year are, are unfortunately only sitting at four tournaments, uh, a little bit down last year from six, uh, but hopefully up to a fifth tournament, uh, this year. But yeah, Dubai is, uh, is, is our, uh, our first tournament of the year. Uh, leading, you know, eventually into the Olympics for for both programs, uh, you know, in uh, in in August. Um, so yeah, you know, I I, um, I do travel with the program. Um, you know, we try to we try to share some of the travel with the, with the staff. But this year, being you know, being the the Olympic year, we're we're looking at you know every tournament closer and closer to the Olympic tournament that we're just dialing in uh, exactly uh, what staffing uh, group makes uh, the most sense for for the athletes and which which staffing group 
uh, creates the best environment once again for for the athletes to to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So do the uh, do, do England have a um, on on the tour for the, with the girls? Yeah, yeah. So uh, are they any good? They are, they I should know, but I don't. You should. You should. <laughs> Man, come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I shouldn't have said that. We should discuss this afterwards. But um... we should. This should have been an offline conversation. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a very good team, um, both from a men and women's perspective. Um, you know the the you know the women. It's um, uh, there were four teams to pre-qualify uh, for the the Olympics based off of last year's uh, World Series results. Uh, ourselves, um, New Zealand, Australia, and then uh, and then England women. So because the England women qualified last year, uh, that means they qualified the UK. Now I'm not 100% sure how they're going to move forward with with their team. If it's just going to be the England team uh, representing as as UK, or if they're going to be able to kind of uh, amalgamate as a, as a as a bit of a an, an all star team mm-hmm. uh, for the Olympics. But right now in sevens, it's a, a lot. Um, a lot of how each of the teams, you know, the, both the UK teams are, are going to represent each, each other, I think, are it's just kind of, I noticed that the men had just uh, put forward how they were going to uh, go about selecting uh, for the team because it was the same thing that the men and men qualified uh, the UK team over, over Wales and Scotland, right? So I'm not sure how they're going to be able to bring in athletes from those other, those other programs, but yeah, man, it's exciting. I, I got to say, like, it's, um, you know, I, I, I worked in 15s um, since 2000. I worked in 15s rugby from 2000 until 2010. Uh, I had a little bit of work with sevens from, like, 07 to 2010, but it wasn't until 2010 that I that I went full-time into sevens. And, uh, you know, as a, uh, as, a, as a former athlete of 15s and uh, – and 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 having cut my teeth in that as a as a professional kind of coming up, fifteens uh, obviously holds a special uh, place in my heart. But sevens for me is is now where it's at. I I just love the game. It's so exciting. Um, I'll be honest. It's it's actually challenging for me now to go back and watch fifteens, um, <laughs> just because it seems like it seems wrong to me. It's like I look. It takes me about twenty minutes to get used to the fact that there's that many people on the field again. But <laughs> You know, sevens is so dynamic. I, I can't wait games, and I really think it's it's you know not to sound corny or anything, but I really think it's gonna it's gonna catch the world by storm. It's um, you know it's it's such an exciting game. The athletes are so dynamic, um, and it just it just lends itself to um, you know it just lends itself to 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 just a, a great style of of play. You know, and and. And as more and more uh, elite athletes get into the sport, and as, as it gets more and more exposure on the world stage, it's only going to get better. Like, you know, like Sonny Bill this year is playing playing for the All Blacks. Yeah. I can't I yeah. can't imagine what he's going to be able to do, uh, you know, on a on a on on that that field with only seven defenders. It's just going to be <laughs> it's going to be great to see. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah. You know, if you get a chance to watch it, Rob, I. I highly recommend it there's a stop every year in in london so uh unfortunately the women aren't at the london stop this year if they were i would i'd set you up with some tickets but uh but take some time it's down at twickenham and it's uh it's it's great fun it's it's such a good environment Mm. no i should i should it's um it's bad on my part for not for not to be honest but um but yeah we'll um i'll definitely catch it at some point so yeah, and, and and even just like everyone, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think that if it if it can just get a little bit more on TV, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely. I think the way it's going to the game will be sold in North America. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I, I just it just suits uh, the North American crowd. Yeah, hundred percent North American mentality. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, where can people keep up to date with what you've got going on? So you're on obviously social media and things like that. Yeah, I don't have a, a huge presence, um, but I, I am on Twitter. Um, and my Twitter account or Twitter handle, I guess, is the correct term, is at uh, Ty Goodale. So that's T Y Goodale. Um, and then other than that, I don't really blog or anything. Um, 
you know, I am starting to publish some some articles. So you know, if people do uh, uh, do lit searches for me on 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 uh, PubMed, I, you know, I do have some articles out there as as part of my PhD right now. But uh, that's that's about it. And then I, if I'm lucky enough to present at uh, some more conferences here and there. Cool. Well, thank you very much for giving me 45 minutes of your time. And I'll hey, start. Rob, no, thank you. I, uh, you know, it, a, a huge honor to be, to be asked. I, I really, uh, you know, I think you're doing, I love what you're doing, man. I, I, uh, your podcasts are, they keep me company on long drives <laughs> and uh, long conditioning sessions. So I actually should be thanking you because you help, uh, you help to, uh, you help me learn and you help me get better at, at what I need to, to do, uh, on a, on a day-to-day basis. So I, I can't, I can't say enough of what you're doing here. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for your time and, uh, and we'll keep in touch. We'll actually keep in touch. We will. Just say, I just, just say and disappear. No, Hey man, it's like, uh, we all have to live up to macro standards. So, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If there's, you know, he's taught me a lot as well. And if there's one thing he's taught me about is, is it how it is to, to stay in touch with, with, uh, with people. Yeah, um, but excuses. And, and on that, if people are, you know, like uh, if anyone needs to get my email address, they can just go to the CSI Pacific website uh, or even on Twitter. Uh, if people have questions uh, from from a sevens rugby perspective or or want to chat, just just drop me a line on on either the the my work email that's on that CSI Pacific site or just uh, just through Twitter, and uh, I'll I will I will get back to you and uh, and always willing to to share and pay it forward because it's, it's really the, it's the, it's the way that, uh, we've all developed and, and it's, uh, more than happy to help people, uh, to, to develop and learn and, and share. Right. Mm, absolutely. And I, uh, I thank you for that on, on everyone else's behalf. So yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you go. Um, but just again, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your time and we'll speak soon. You're, yes. You're welcome. Anytime. All right, pal. Speak soon. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to episode 61 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. Hope you enjoy the chat with Tyler. So just say, just a last little thing, a massive thanks to Train With Push, simplyfaster.com and Val Performance for sponsoring the podcast today. And don't forget the Nord Board is looking to be released anytime soon. So make sure you keep up to date on Twitter and over at valperformance.com. Uh, when when the product is going to be released because it's going to be uh, it's going to hit the market soon so thanks for tuning in and i will speak to you in episode 62